thank you so much. It's good to be with you all. Uh, we are so excited to be able to be here for a missions conference and also to share a little bit about what the Lord has called us to do. Um, tonight, I want to be talking about uh, missions, where do we fit, and not just Joanna and I, where do we fit, all of us, um, and you can personalize it, where do I fit? And that's, that's going to be uh, what we'll talk about tonight. But uh, as Pastor Lemming already said, we are, our Spencer and Joanna and our two girls, uh, Abigail and Gabriella. Abigail's a year and a half, and Gabriella is one and a half months. Uh, so we are busy <laughs> and not getting a whole lot of sleep, but uh, that's okay. So we are uh, missionaries preparing to serve in Brazil, as Pastor Lemming said. And we'll, I'll share a little bit about that, but we're going to also talk about, like I said, our, our theme for the evening. Um, and we are being sent out by Grace Gospel Church in, here in Huntington and going with the same missions organization that my parents and my family has been a part of for generations. It was New Tribes Mission, now it's Ethnos 360. So we are currently, like he said, in the process of what's been known as deputation over the years as deputation. Ethnos calls it ministry partnership development, uh, but just a fancy name for building a team of people to support us financially, to pray for us before we go to Brazil. So that is the, the time of ministry, the stage of ministry that we are currently in. And uh, we are now uh, preparing, we are, as we do that, we are also preparing for tribal church plant, <coughs> excuse me, tribal church planting. So some of you were here, I believe, almost two months ago when Joanna and I shared on a Wednesday night and it was a much smaller crowd that night, so uh, some of this may be familiar to you if you were here that night, but it won't be the exact same material. Uh, so, and if you read the Con Connect magazine, you know that we will be a part of tribal church planting in West Brazil. So, uh, this is the same ministry that my brother Anthony and his wife Rochelle, who are supported by Lewis, are a part of. They are right on the cusp of moving into an unreached people group and being a part of a church plant there. So there are hundreds and hundreds of unreached people groups around the world. And like I, the definition I have up there is tribal church planning is establishing a mature church among an unreached people group. So all these unreached people groups, there are hundreds around the world, and it looks different. An unreached people group looks different depending on what country you go to, what context. An unreached people group in India will look different from an unreached people group in Brazil. But I want to give you a brief example of what one might look like it, for those who are unfamiliar with the term, uh, for those who maybe don't know what I'm talking about right now. Uh, there is a testimony that came out of our missions organization from a tribal man in Papua New Guinea. So this man's name is Bumani, and he, his tribe, his people group, was unreached not too long ago. So here's what Bumani has to say. Before I knew the Creator God, I was very afraid of evil spirits. I was bitten a lot by centipedes, and that again made me afraid of the evil spirits. I thought I was going to die. That's how I used to live. That's how I used to think. But when I thought it's true about Jesus, on that day, my fear of spirits became small. 
It was like the fear was dead. I realized that I had been living under the chin, or under the authority, of Satan, and that's why I was afraid. My fear of spirits, of centipedes, and of dying, all those he caused to be done for me, because Jesus died for me. His blood was shed for me. Wow, thank you, Creator God, thank you. Now, my life is really a life of peace, because the Creator God has freely caused me to live well because of his love for me. So Bumani goes on in his testimony to describe his role as an elder in his church. He asks for prayer for himself and that God would keep him from pride, for his people to become mature in their faith, and for God to raise up more pastors in his people and for the other tribes around them who haven't gotten the gospel yet. Here's how his testimony ends. I want to read this part. He says, For you living in America, you should go and take his talk, take God's talk, to people all around you in other lands too. His good talk is for all mankind, so give up the things you want to do and go tell people all around you in the distance. We can't make ourselves alive, and only his talk can make us alive. So go and tell people all around you in the distance. That's the talk I want to tell you. So it's a powerful testimony from a man who was in fear, who lived in bondage to fear of spirits. And Bumani heard the gospel because missionaries with Ethnos 360 went and spent many years learning his language and culture, learning what he believed about spirit, uh, the spirit world, about the centipedes, all of, this, all of these structures, these lies that his people had believed, and they taught him the Bible in a way that he could understand in his heart language. But not only that, Bumani's not just our brother in Christ, he's an elder in his church which goes to show the work that the missionaries did to train pastors. And that is why this story is such a good picture of what Joanna and I want to be a part of in Brazil, that we want to be in it for the long haul, that we will, as I said, with tribal church planning, it is a long process. So this is actually like Pastor Lemming was also talking about, what my parents and my grandparents Actually, great-grandparents will be the fourth generation in my family uh, to go as missionaries to a foreign field. And my great-grandparents went down to Paraguay in 1955 doing this type of ministry. So this is a long process. It can take decades to accomplish a church plant, uh, to do it well, to do it in a way that it can be sustainable. So God has specifically put the country of Brazil on our hearts. And if that surprises some people since I grew up in Paraguay, and that's a, a story in and of itself. But there are 99 unreached people groups in Brazil right now that have no missionaries going to them. And these are 99 people groups with their own language and culture, like Bumani was in our story. So we want to see, our heart is to see at least one of those taken off that list, taken off that sad list and received the light of the gospel. And not only that, but to have a part in God's plan for all nations, to come to know him, for redeeming all nations. So I want to share just a, a brief overview of our timeline. And as you can see on the screen, Joanna and I have been in missionary training since 2017. 2017 to 2021, we were in missionary training, first at the Ethnos 360 Bible Institute in Wisconsin, which is where we met, and then at their missionary training center in Missouri, which was more cross-cultural training. 
Since we finished there last year, we have been raising support. Since January, we've been building that team, like we mentioned. And since January, we've gone from where we were, we were already, already had some support coming in, and now we're at 57% of our financial support goal. And we thank you all for being a part of that. That is a huge answer to prayer. So our next step is to, Lord willing, move to Brazil in March of next year. That's our goal. And we are trusting the Lord to meet our, our financial goal and all that in his time. So at that point, we will begin, we'll move to Brazil as a family and begin full-time language study, learning Portuguese, and begin to adjust to life as a family in Brazil. And as long as that takes, hopefully within a year or two, we can become fluent in Portuguese, become competent in the culture, and be able to form a team and move to an indigenous people group. Uh, that is 2025, 20, roughly, and begin learning the new language and culture. So we have some learning, some languages ahead of us uh, in, in the years to come. So we also had an opportunity I'd like to share that was for us to visit Brazil this summer. So I'd like to share a quick video that shows what that was about. Uh, and in the video, I want to explain a couple terms. We went on a two-week trip to a, an international school, it's a mostly missionary kids' school, called Purakequara. So that's the, the long word on the screen. And the, the camp, they call it Wayumi. And it's a camp that exposes Brazilian nationals to the need for missionaries in their own country. So we had an opportunity to help in practical ways at this camp. So we'll go ahead and show that video now. All right, that was, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a, a quick 
video presentation of our, our two weeks in Brazil, and that was the Amazon River there at the end. The school was right on the banks of the Amazon, and that was the Amazon that our daughter was swimming in and all that, so that was quite an experience. And we are so thankful for that opportunity we has had as a family, uh, kind of our first ministry in Brazil experience as a family. And I hope that you gathered something from the, the, that video. And that was that our entire trip was team-based. From One of the first pictures was our whole team, and one of the last pictures was our whole team. And we went as part of a group from the States, actually from the Bible school where we went, where we attended, and we went down to serve in practical ways. We cleaned bathrooms, we cut fruit, we talked with people and made, built relationships, but we just served however we could. But there were other, we joined another team. We joined a team of national Brazilians, mostly, of, of missionaries that were already in Brazil, and they filled some of the more important, the more vital key roles in the camp, teaching and, and sharing about the needs in Brazil and, and all that. So. In the same way, Joanna and I, when we move to Brazil in March, we will not be doing missionary work on our own. It will be team-based. We will be part of a much bigger team than just the two of us. And we'd like to do, we'd like to illustrate this tonight. So we're going to try something a little different. Uh, the next section we're going to do, I'm calling the Body of Christ in Missions. Oops. Body of Christ in Missions. And to, uh, to do this, I'm going to I'm going to need your, your all's help with, uh, with this, and I'll explain how in a minute. But first, I'd like to explain three areas of ministry that we'll use for this illustration. The first area is tribal. And I don't know if every, everyone's going to be able to see these, but I'll read them off so that every, everyone can at least uh, know what they are. So the first area is tribal. And the tribal area of ministry is the part that we are going to be a part of, the immediate, on-the-ground work with a tribal group, with an unreached people group. Next we have, and that one is red, so that's our, we're gonna illustrate by the color red. Next we have support roles in countries. So in our case, it's Brazilian support workers. And there are people who serve in Brazil that don't work in the immediate tribal locations, but they have roles to help the tribal location workers, the tribal um, missionaries. So we, that's illustrated by the color green. Next we have home staff, and this is illustrated by the color blue. It is the, all the workers, the people who live actually in another country, like the United States, and serve the missionaries from afar. So that is illustrated by the color blue, and at this time, I'd actually like the first volunteers, I, I volunteered, actually my wife volunteered, uh, David and, and Angie O'Dell, if you guys could come up, you guys are going to be our tribal missionaries, and if you can come up this side, where my wife is, um, and you guys are gonna be our tribal missionaries in this example that we're going to do. So, as you come up, my wife is gonna give you some roles that fall under your belt. So first, what does a tribal missionary do? Well, first thing they do, they're gonna have to learn a language because there is an unreached people group with their own language and that is going to require them to spend a lot of hours learning it so they can communicate in their heart language. Not only that, that, that people group has a culture. So they have their own way of thinking, their own values, their own belief system. All of that, you can't separate language and culture. They're like that. So that's two. There's also linguistics. Their language, the language of the people isn't written down yet. And do your best to make sure everyone can see these. Hold them up. Uh, and 
this is going to require a lot of work for them to create an alphabet, to write down a language that hasn't been written before. And this can be quite challenging. Some languages have 60 conjugations for verbs. Some languages have like 24 character words. That can be challenging. All of this uh, leads us to translation. They're going to have to translate Bible lessons, and then eventually portions of Scripture, and hopefully the whole Bible if it's not translated yet, or at least the New Testament. So from there we get to teaching. All of this leads us to teaching because they want, they're there to teach God's Word. Not enough hands. Uh, so this all is to get us to the point of teaching. They're going to teach through the Bible. Then we get to medical. Their, their people group has medical needs. They, they are the only ones with basic first aid skills in medicine, so they're going to fill that role. Literacy. The people group can't read. They need to be able to read God's word once we translate it, so they're going to have literacy, uh, literacy classes. And one more, maintenance. They're in a, a remote area along the Amazon River, let's just say, where they have a a plane that can come in and bring supplies, but they have to build an airstrip, they have to build their houses, they all have to do all that themselves. So they're gonna have maintenance on, to do on top of that. So what do these people need? What do David and Angie need? Help. For, yeah, more arms, more help? Who was the first one to say help? I think you. How about uh, Pastor Lemming and Mary, both of you? you? You both get to come up and be their help because you were the first to say it. Uh, so. You can join uh, David and Angie over there and take, you can take uh, two each from, from, their, from their hands. So that, that gives us a good two each. <laughs> take your favorite. Um, so that gives us a good two couples as our tribal church planning team. All right. And now, uh, now we get to the point of support. By the way, Ethnos' goal is to have at least three units in a church planning team. So that a unit can be a family or two uh, singles, a single, like two single men can count as a unit. So that is Ethnos' goal. So for our next category, green is support workers. So for this, we're going to show the infrastructure that is needed here. So I have a question. Does anyone, is anyone here a pilot by chance? or work on planes, a mechanic, an aviation mechanic, or has anyone here, f oh, wait, was there a hand? No, no, okay. Where was it? Okay, would you mind coming up here, sir? Would you mind joining us and being our pilot? We, we, we need some aviation assistance. So, not only do we need a pilot to fly our provisions out to our church planning team over here, Oh, we got two. Perfect. Um, <laughs> so not only do we need someone to fly the plane out, but you guys will also be a big source of encouragement to our church planning team. So does anyone here, uh, does anyone here work on computers or do IT? Do we have anyone in that category? Or maybe everyone is operate probably in the sound booth right um that's okay how about radio does anyone have experience with ham radio or anything like that okay how about we give how about he, uh yeah one of you holds that so ra radio it said radio tech on mine but we'll 
you, you'll learn to uh, operate some computers too. So we have a computer radio tech because we need to have someone who can work on these computers and a lot of translation work is done on computers these days. If something goes wrong, we could lose years of translation work, which we don't want to happen. Next, we, do we have any school teachers in the room? Is Marie Rose? Uh, how about Richard, too? Can we have both of you come up, please? I would want Marie Rose on my church planning team. Yeah, so we are going to need school teachers because our church planning team over here, they have children that they want to put through school, um, but with the situation they're in, they need to send them to a boarding school. So you can stand right here in the middle. One of you will get the school teacher's card, and you also will be dorm parents because it's a boarding school. So you'll have the kids also in your home. And that is a very important, very important ministry that they, that they will have. Now, we, do we have anyone who just loves to spend money? <laughs> any, any hands? I, I bet there was a hand. <laughs> no, no hands? Uh, <laughs> How about a frugal shopper? Uh, someone who's just really good at shopping, finding deals? How about you? Yeah, we'll, we'll have you be our supply buyer. So the, our church planning team over here, they're going to need supplies flown into them, but someone needs to go and buy those supplies first. So... She's going to be our supply buyer, and it needs to be someone who is good with money and knows how to do that well. Wait, let me give that back. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. You already took it. <laughs> the Lord has called you. No. All right. So <laughs> um, now, does anyone here really love to cook? Very hospitable. Love to, to cook for people. Anybody? Nisha. Okay. Come on up. And you will be our guest house coordinator, our hostess for guest houses, because there will be a lot of missionaries that will be coming back to stay in the guest house, and being hospitable to them can be a huge encouragement. Uh, not with me. You asked the supply buyer. Oh, yes. Yes, you can get those. Um, all right, next. Does anyone have experience with printing, say, in a print shop or newspaper or anything like that? Yeah? Uh, would you come up here and be our, our printer for, for the, our mission team here? Oh, okay. That's all right. We can pick someone else. That's all right. Any, anyone, else, uh, anyone else have experience or, or really want to be our printer? What was that? Over there? Alex? You want to be our printer? No? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, come on up. You can be our printer. It's not too hard. You can spiral notebooks, right? All right, so there's going to be a lot of need for creating uh, and putting all together all the materials that they translate and getting them back to them. So that's going to be, go ahead and come over here, get your card. And who here likes to talk, just really loves to talk? Oh, oh, I see fingers. Why, why don't you come on up? You've been volunteered. So you're going to be, <laughs> you're going to be our government representative and our public relations. <laughs> come on up. Our, our government rep and our public relations. So 
there will be a lot of times that you'll have to speak on behalf of the organization and keep our missionaries from being kicked out of the tribe, as has happened in different places where the government comes in and says, oh, you can't be there anymore. You're going to speak on their behalf. All right, is anyone here an accountant? Steve? Steve? Oh, okay, wow, you're, uh, seriously. Uh, does anyone else wanna, wanna be our accountant? Okay, how about, how about you come up and, and you can be our accountant. So the field will need competent administrators for smooth, oh, sorry, I'm reading the, the wrong one, uh, for smooth running of the field operations. So you're going to keep track of the money uh, that is being spent on the field on behalf of our, our church planning team over here. And if a missionary thinks that his money is not being handled well, it's going to be stressful. So ho hope that you're good at, at handling our finances. So that's the end of our, our, green, uh, our green cards. Oh, one more. Two more. Gotcha. So we are also going to need some office workers. So does anyone here work in an office on a regular basis? We're running out of room, huh? We're running out of room. All right. <laughs> Brittany, would you come over here, please? <laughs> and you can be our office worker. So each field has a headquarters or a, a main office that needs uh, good office help. And usually this is overlooked. Oh, yeah, scoot down. We have a big team here. So, um, sometimes this role gets overlooked, but we need a lot of office workers on our field. Does anyone here love to build things? How about construction? Okay, <laughs> you love being volunteered, I bet, too. Um, so the first thing that our missionaries are gonna have to do is build their own house. Like we said, there's maintenance they're gonna have to do, but the building, there's often a building team. And actually, uh, I remember when Irvin Jones came in, oh, I don't remember, I've seen pictures. I was pretty young, but he came and helped us build cabinets in our house in Paraguay. Um, but he will help build the missionaries' houses. Now, we, I'm just going to need a, a volunteer for this one, um, or I'll volunteer someone, unless someone's hand goes up. How about, Pastor, right down here, can, can you come up and be our national training coordinator? Um, one of the biggest responsibilities we also have is to not only train eventually tribal teachers and, and pastors, but he will be in charge of training Brazilians. If, we're, if our situation is in Brazil, he'll be training Brazilian nationals. And actually, this is huge in Brazil. 70% of our ethnos uh, missionaries are Brazilian nationals. So that is a huge need is for teachers who can train them to, to be missionaries. All right, now we're on to our home office. And we have, uh, we'll just take, we're gonna have, I think, three more roles here. So can we have Jim, can you come up here, please? You can be our representative on the home front. So you can, he will be our stateside representative because people on the mission field, one of their biggest prayer requests is help. They say, there's all this stuff we need to do. We need help. The rep's job is to inform and challenge people to be a part of this tremendous task um, of getting the gospel to the ends of the earth. All right, now we have, uh, let's see, training and office workers. So let's, let's grab a couple more people from down front. Can you two ladies, would you mind coming up? That's what you get for sitting up front. <laughs> so you, you two can be our training staff and office workers. Thank you. And 
there are, even in Canada, actually, there is a, a training and office headquarters, so that they will be in charge of processing a lot of information, of, uh, of helping the missionaries from afar. And lastly, can I get Pastor Nathan? Can you come up here, please, too? And you can be on the far end. And he is going to hold our church's card. So the churches, that is where all of this starts. The churches send out the missionaries, and this is what we're going to talk about next. So uh, we have quite a big team up here. This is good. Oh, he's walking away. Oh. <laughs> all right, come on, all the way to this end over here. And as soon as we have our lineup, I have a question for you all. So now that all the cards are displayed, which one of these is a missionary? All of them. Can you all turn your cards around? They all say missionary on the back. So they are all missionaries. They all have different roles, but they're all going by the title of missionary. So now you can turn your cards back so we can see what your roles are. Which one is the most important one up here? <laughs> Which one's the most important? All of them? Hmm, are you sure? Because if I were to take, take out, let's just say the supply buyer. You can go back to your seat. You, we no longer have a supply buyer. Oh, sorry. And if, if she quits or has to go on furlough for a time, has to go back to the States, someone else, the guest house coordinator, is now going to buy supplies because someone's got to do it. Someone else is going to take their role. But there is one, more, one person who's more important than the rest, and that is the church, churches. Because if he sits down, if he sets his card down, then this whole line collapses. And if, yeah, if Pastor, Pastor Nathan sits down, then the whole line is going to collapse. I won't have you do that. But um, the most important person in this whole chain of missions is you, the local church. That's where it all starts. That's how it keeps going. So now we're going to do one more, uh, one more thing before, before we finish. And Joanna's going to number you. And um, in just a second, I'll explain why. So she's going to be numbering them one, two, and three. So there we have three different numbers going on. If you had a number two, you can go sit down. Because ideally, we would like to have everyone up here. That's ideal. But if you had a number two, you can, you can give your cards. You can set them down on the stage or wherever you'd like. We'd like to have them at the end. But just set your, your cards down as you go back to your seat. So we'd like to have everyone we could up here. All the, all the people I mentioned, but the reality is in 10 years, in 10 years' time, we lose 35% of missionaries just to retirement because people hit retirement age and they go home. And then there's huge needs, a huge gaping hole in our chain because of that. So the biggest need that we have in missions is for people. So thank you all. You guys can um, pass your cards back to Joanna and, and go back to your seats. Um, so thank you all. That I appreciate the the eager participation, or you can pass them, pass them down the line or just stack them right there is fine.
So I, I appreciate you all being willing to be volunteered or whether willing or unwilling. Um, as they return to their seats, I'd like for us to turn to 1 Corinthians 12, and we will spend a few minutes just looking at God's word together to, to talk more about what we saw this evening. And I hope that as I say 1 Corinthians 12, it rings a bell in your mind that you know what we're going to be talking about. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 15 to 17 is where we'll read tonight, or 15 to 20, rather. And I hope you're already familiar with this passage as it relates to the local church and how uh, we are to be content in the role, the function that the Lord has us in in the local church. And not only that, we should not look down on other members for, uh, with, with different functions from ours. So let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 15 to 20. And I'll have the verses on the screen if you'd like to follow along that way. It says, if the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body. It is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. I hope you can see that missionaries are an extension of the local church. We're an extension of the church. And Joanna and I are part of a local church, Grace Gospel, over in the West End. And we're also part of the universal church. All those in our world who have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, who are genuinely his children. And we get a sense of this unity and diversity in missions, just as we get in the local church. As you saw, it took so many people. This stage was completely filled with members, with different parts of the body filling different roles to get the job done. We don't all have the same function, but we all have the same mission. To know the Lord Jesus deeper and to make him known among all people. To proclaim the message of salvation to all who have not heard. And I love what uh, Brother Mike shared this morning. It was such a challenge to me as well that we all need to be proclaiming the gospel right where we are. We, that is the Lord's heart and that ought to be our heart as well. Now, I'm going to read from Romans chapter 10. So if you'd like, you can turn with me there. I'll also put that one on the screen. So in this chapter, it's right after a very well-known verses of uh, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then verse 12, Paul is talking about there not being any distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. And that is the context as Paul is talking about the equality of God's mercy toward all people. And verses 13 through 15 is what we'll read tonight. It says, For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe 
in whom, how will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. This is a very well-known passage to missionaries. It's very dear to our hearts. And this, the first verse up there, verse 13, is the great promise of salvation we have in Jesus Christ that was talked about this morning. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Praise God for this truth. This whoever extends to you. It extends to me. It extends to someone you don't like very much, your worst enemy, and Bumani, all the way over in Papua New Guinea, in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. But it, it extends to each one of us. I was thinking back earlier to my story and how the Lord used Lewis Memorial in an evangelistic play here to bring me to him. That was part of how I got saved. And the Lord is the one who does that. And everyone who calls on him will be saved. But not everyone has heard yet. Not everyone has had that chance to call on him. And as Bumani said in his testimony, he exhorted the American church, you should go and take God's talk to people all around you and other lands too. And I love that heart, the heart of an indigenous pastor to reach people, to bring God's word to all men. And that challenges me to have a deeper passion for the lost and how will they hear without a preacher? So I want to close with one more verse. You don't have to turn there. I'll, I'll also have it on the screen and along with uh, a bunch of pictures from Brazil because these are not just numbers we're talking about. These are souls. These are people in Brazil that, and specifically to these pictures. But Jesus, when, in his words to his disciples, said, and he was saying to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, plead with the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Brothers and sisters, our, we are so privileged to be involved in what God is doing. God is doing an amazing, mighty work around the world to bring people to himself, to give everyone a chance to come to repentance. And not everyone has had that chance, but the Lord is continuing to use his church to make that happen. And we, we heard this morning about how we're all to be involved in the gospel. But tonight I wanted to answer the question, where? Where do we fit? And we've told you a little bit about where we fit in Brazil. But I'd like to close just with a question, and that is, where do you fit?